Hello, 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 podcast listeners. Let's get connected to another episode of PWC Connections, the podcast. We're back in the bucket. It's myself being joined by Lexi Hasapis. I am Lamont Henson, and we have a very interesting subject today. It is November, the beginning of November. How you doing, Lexi? I'm excited to see the end of hurricane season. Oh, look at that plug in. <laughs> what are you going to talk about, the TOU switch next year? I mean, I'm just saying. You always talking the language. I love it. And we have a, a guest here who is speaking the language of the future. He is uh, very unique in his title because he is actually our first chief information officer that PWC has ever had. His name is Mr. Mark Lawler. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great today. And oh, by the way, since I've worked here at PwC, there has not been a hurricane here. You Look brought the there. good luck. See? Look hey. at there. Okay, so let's let's jump into it, Mark. Uh, how long have you been here? And uh, let's let's discuss your title as the uh, Chief Information Officer. I really want to kind of dive into why PwC felt there was a need for that position. Well, there's typically a lot of different reasons why an organization might want a chief information officer. It usually comes down to that they get enough systems and applications and, and different types of tools out there that that person needs to have a seat at the table so that they can guide the organization in the future of what technology is going to bring them. And that's the main reason. When David Trago hired me, that was, that was the goal, along with also modernizing a lot of the things that we have and we do uh, for the future. So, so how long, when did you join PwC? What year? I joined PwC in March of 2019. Wow. Yep. So let's talk about your background. What what brought you to PwC? And I guess uh, how did you even go down and in getting into this industry? Yeah, let me start with the industry first. So I'm retired U.S. Army. Um, I I did two things in the Army. Uh, the first time I was in, I worked on attack helicopters. And the second time I became an intelligence analyst and I worked primarily in the special operations community there. So as an intelligence analyst back in the, in the 80s and 90s, I'm dating myself here a little bit, but there really, weren't, there really weren't computer technicians, network systems, things like that, that could come into our facilities. We call them SCIFs, Secure Compartmented Information Facilities. And so we ended up having to learn to do that ourselves how to deploy those systems, you know, how to build the networks, you know, do all those sorts of things. And um, as I got to the end of my career in the military, it was just a natural progression for me to go into the IT industry. Wow. So from there, I went to online travel, a place called trip.com, which is basically now cheap tickets. They kind of merged. And I've worked for large tech companies like Sun Microsystems, which isn't around anymore. And um, done, I've done the startup thing, um, which was interesting, and uh, a whole nother podcast. <laughs> and uh, then I ended up at a software company for about 12 and a half years, a global software company. So I ran technology operations for that company um, globally. Uh, we had seven locations globally, employees everywhere. Um, and I, about halfway through, I also took over the customer support operations. So the frontline support for our software to our customers. And that was really a unique experience. It, it gave me um, a great experience in kind of learning how technology can help that, that area, the customer facing area. So mm -hmm. um, we sold that company a couple times. And as 
usually is the case uh, when you sell a company. Sometimes you don't get to stay. And, uh, and, and that was the case, and that's, that's okay. That was planned. Everybody knew about it. So I was look, looking around for gigs in the Denver area. I was in Denver at the time. Okay. And, um, and uh, this one popped up with the recruiting agency that I was working with. And uh, initially I was a little bit like, well, Fayetteville, huh? Fort Prague. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you were uh, familiar. <laughs> I was very familiar with Fort Prague. Um, I've, I've never been stationed here, but I was here at a, at a number of schools uh, in around the area. So I was pretty familiar with it. And, you know, we just followed that progression and that's where we ended up. Yeah. So what is it? CIO do I mean uh, it seems like such a broad uh, position what's the day-to-day kind of look like yeah it it really depends on where you're at as a CIO um, my my old boss the CIO of that software company had a very very different job than what I have today um, the the job here today kind of incorporates a number of different roles really for the CIO and in some cases different organizations have different roles for those things so um, you know, I oversee all the, the infrastructure operations, systems, network, um, things like that. You know, all the Microsoft stuff you use, uh, your, your laptops, all that stuff. But then we have another piece, which everybody knows about, is the application side of things. So we have all these corporate applications that basically run PWC. You know, they, they interact with our customers. They... Um, they provide all the billing for all the data that we get in from our meters. They provide support services to um, water and electric and, and a number of other things. And then, of course, we have the cybersecurity piece. Right. So cybersecurity. Um, I think I, people get it confused. I, I Let me speak for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes people get cybersecurity and IT kind of not, not understanding that they're two separate Functions. They are two separate functions. And, and in a lot of organizations, they have different reporting models. Um, what we have here in the reporting structure for, for cybersecurity actually makes a lot of sense. We're not a big enough organization to, to have separate offices. We could, mm-hmm. you know, but, but we're able to handle it okay. Right. Um, and uh, bringing in a uh, security manager was key to that. Now, yeah. if, if, I had to personally run, you know, the cybersecurity office along with all the other things. That, that would be a challenge. Yeah. So, so what is the overall structure for our IT department? I guess uh, we, we see technicians. We know about you. We know about Dave. But how does it all break down? All right. So let's, let's break it down by the three areas, right? We have the infrastructure team. Okay. So they, they do all your, your server work. Um, they, um, they do all the network operations. Um, all the communications, they handle IVR. Um, but within infrastructure, so you have your system administrators, your network engineers, then you have DevOps, and that's that's probably the one that most folks don't really know. DevOps works primarily in the cloud, and their whole job is to um, build efficiencies into how we manage our services, okay? That's the easiest way to put it. We could talk about DevOps for a long, long time. And then we have, of course, um, the support team. Some people call it the help desk. And you guys have all met those guys, and that's a separate piece. I could not do my job without Sinclair. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Sinclair Thank is you, awesome. Thank you, Sinclair. They're all awesome. They're, they're all great. Um, that, that team's uh, 
developed very, very well over the last few years. So mm -hmm. um, over to the application side. Right. Okay. We've got all these business applications that we run, and that's kind of broken up a little bit. So we have GIS, which uh, supports water and electric. Uh, then we have the business application. So everybody refers to that as EBS. And that's another thing we could talk about. We'll just refer to it as EBS. Everybody knows what that is. Yes. But Internally. Yes. So we, we have folks that just do that. And then we have folks that do the utility applications, WAM, C2M, things like that. Mm -hmm. Along with that, and a few years ago, what, what we recognized was we needed a QA team. So, so quality we, assurance. Yes, quality okay. assurance. And and that's probably one of the most important things for us and it's going to be one of the most important things going forward. When I when I got here, I found that we were just because of the nature of things, it's it's not good, it's not bad, it's just we were pushing things to production and maybe weren't doing the best testing, okay? So a quality assurance team is very very important in in applications operations. So we built that team up and it's and it's worked out very very well. We got some great people on that team. You guys know some of them anyways. So yeah, um, That's what, you're very honest with that. I appreciate that. We appreciate yeah. them too very much. So <laughs> um, let me see. Well, I, I want to touch on uh, if you could break down like some of the aging systems and and, and giving the explanation of how these software providers do their their updates and how they operate yeah so we have a number of aging systems i think everybody's pretty aware of it um the the biggest one we have uh, right now is ebs and wham and we're already in the, the the process of now these are systems internally for us to put in our time or yes. uh you know work what what is wham work yeah, so, asset so, management yes uh wham is a work and asset management system it, it allows um different departments and primarily water and electric to to build their work orders which includes a lot of information in the work order and and build those work orders follow those work orders track those work orders so that everybody knows what's going on and then there's there's financial data in there also that goes over to ebs and i'll i'm going to say one thing erp and enterprise resource planning which is is your financials and it pulls it in there um EBS is a suite of products. So that's your supplier products, expense, it's, it's all your financials and things like that. Um, and there's different modules in those. So both of those platforms are aging platforms. So a couple of years ago, we replaced um, uh, CCMB with C2M. So that's in good shape now. And, and we're doing the same thing with these, these other products. The thing, the thing to know about software companies and, and being that I worked at a software company is, um, Software companies, much like Apple, who's a, a hardware company, have perfected planned ob obsolescence. Mm, that's a big All word. Right? Yes. So the reality of IT is this. You are going to update and replace every three to five years. It's as simple as that. It's designed that way. The whole idea is that they can't continue bringing in revenue without doing that. All right. I worked in a company. We did that exact same thing. It's the reason why our cell phones slow down after a while. That's <laughs> a Apple is so good at this, aren't they? <laughs> it's it's unfortunate, and I'm I'm an Apple guy, so. Yeah. Oh, it happens so. with uh, Google Android users yeah. as well. So, all the way across the board. So that's the constant <laughs> challenge that we have in IT is to keep up with that. Um, the other the other challenge with IT and keeping up is how do you keep up with patching and updating? Okay, 
And when you have an, what we call an on-premise system, EBS is on-premise, it's right here in our data center. I've got to figure out every time a patch comes out how I'm going to get it in there. Well, I've got 90 other things that I'm working on. How do I do that? And it affects right? so much, right, that patch? Yes, it does. So mm -hmm. it could be could be security. It, it could be uh, functionality. Mm -hmm. It could be, hey, we want the application to run better. <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Or it could be something you're trying to fix. Mm -hmm. So it's tough to try, to try to keep up with that. So this is why clouds become very important, because now we go to what we call software as a service. So now we're renting the software. Or really what we're doing is we're licensing the right to use. So what ends up happening is now we don't worry about the maintenance part. Mm. They do. Mm. The only thing we have to worry about is that every quarter there's going to be something new pushed out, and we have to test it mm. to be sure everything works okay for us. Okay, so now we back up over to the to the QA process. That's why the QA process is so important. And the QA process is going to get bigger over time for every IT organization that has applications in a software as a service or cloud model. So that's the future if you that, want to go into is, IT. That is absolutely the future. Um, uh, QA and AI, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about AI <laughs> if we have time. But, but there's lots of great futures in IT. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean... For the cloud, being able to have uh, a solid quality assurance program is going to be key. That's interesting that even though the product is being released to the public, you guys still need to do a test of it to make sure it's working for what we need organizationally. That's correct. Hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about some of our cybersecurity measures and some of the things that are in place or what is needed. Well... Let me think about that. I'm not going to talk very specifically about the things that we have in place. Right. Um, you don't want to give it up. He needs yeah, me to right. stop opening all my emails. That's what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have a very robust uh, cybersecurity program here. And, and I don't mean just policy and procedure and process, but we have tools in place in our networks and our systems to help us avoid a cybersecurity incident. Um, we we have tools and partnerships that are looking at everything that's coming at us on the on the networks <clears throat> and trying to determine whether it's friend or foe hmm. and um, and that's a pretty big job and we we monitor that so that if we see something we can either block it or the or sometimes the system's automated so it automatically blocks it and somebody calls us up and says wait that was supposed to come through and then <laughs> you know then we have to go ahead and, and fix that, and that's not a problem. But the idea is is that um, we want to provide the least access to us um, for, for anyone and anything. Right. Because every single day globally, I, I can't even remember the number, I think it's, there are something like 15.6 million new threats every single day globally. Whoa. Yes. Wow. Wow. So it's incredible. And, and don't think that you can't get hit because sometimes it has nothing to do with money. It just has to do with messing with somebody. Right. Mm. Yep. So now, that, that little click that you do. Mm -hmm. Could one, be very detrimental. Mm -hmm. So take a look when we do our phishing tests, right? And, and there's a reason why we do those. We do the phishing tests so that we can get people used to looking at things and mm -hmm. understanding what they are. All right. The whole idea behind phishing is 
to get you so that you're not paying attention. Mm. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm so busy. I didn't see it and I clicked on it. We hear mm -hmm. that so many times, but that is exactly what they're trying mm -hmm. to do. Right. So the whole idea is think about it. There are keys in everything we do. You know, our guys do great training. We do training and you guys know all the rules, but it's really important to pay attention to that. And, and the one thing I want to say is that in an organization like this, one bad click literally can shut down PwC. Mm. Man, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Now you just drove home mm -hmm. a point. Now if you if you came on the podcast and drive home a point, that's a point that I think is yep. going to land. I mean, mm. it's it's real. I mean, absolutely shut you down. And there's lots of reasons you can get shut down. Here's the bigger problem. Think about this. State of North Carolina says I can't pay ransom. Mm. What? Nope. That's, so what, that's law. How do you get your stuff back? We have to call the FBI and we have to start negotiating. Oh, we or we have to figure out how to get it back ourselves. Wow. wow. Believe me, it's not something I want to do. And the problem is, if, if you can't pay a ransom, let's say you're going to hear this. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> let's say C2M gets compromised. I can't bill. Mm. I can't serve a customer from a customer support perspective. Yeah maybe a little bit on a very basic scale. Well, if you can't pay ransom and you can't fix it soon, you could be down for months. Mm. This just turned into the scariest podcast what? ever. This, Should have been October. The, the yeah. silence is so loud. <laughs> <laughs> so that little annoyance we have with Barracuda emails getting stuck and all that, we will take that any day in we, order to keep yes. our customer data safe. Yes. Absolutely. And if, if we could... I do want to talk about AI. I know that's uh, one of the, the hot topics, but what are all the services you guys provide? Uh, you, you, you touched on it a little bit, but it seems like you're a little all over the place. And I'm sure everybody thinks anything technological, go to IT. And I want to know, because when I first was here, it was IS. Mm -hmm. Why the need to transition? It, it's more about taking a look at the future. Okay, words matter, right? Mm. So when you say information services, plug for communication. It, it, it <laughs> means that it means that we're just we're just a service organization, mm. all right? Information technology says, well, we're still that service organization. We're still customer facing, all right? But we're also looking forward, and we're also taking a look at future technology to bring in house to help us mm -hmm. in whatever way. So, just like. Just like you guys agreed, words matter. Mm -hmm. And um, the list of things that we do is very difficult. I mean, we'd be here for a long, long time for that, okay? It's a long list. Let me, let me put it in a little bit of perspective as, as simple as I can. Um, we manage over 7,000 what we call nodes, anything connected to the network every single day. Wow. That's, that's what we have out there. You're like okay. the matrix that runs through everything. Yep. And um, we have a lot of applications out there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna spin that down a little bit. So we've got about 30 or 40 core business applications that at any time if they break, not running right, fail, whatever it might be, affects the business negatively. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of stuff to work. A lot. Okay, here we go. All right. I, I want to know, are we looking at 
the the Terminator future? Is AI going to take <laughs> us all over, take all our jobs? What do you what are your thoughts on uh, artificial intelligence? What are what are some of the pros and cons? And ultimately, I would like to know: Is this something that can be useful for PwC? Every CIO on the planet right now is struggling with what we're going to do with AI. That's a fact. See, go to CIO magazine and you'll you'll read it. Everybody's dealing with the same thing. What does this all mean for us? I'm not sure we know. What I what I do know is this: is that there are things that we can do in our applications. There are things that we can do for our customers, where we can use AI to handle mundane tasks and allow our people to actually do the really important things that they need to do, rather than those mundane. I'm going to click this and click this all day. Um, you can use AI to monitor. You can use, and, and when I say that, we look at that from a lot of different ways. We can monitor applications to see if they're performing correctly. Um, are there anomalies in that? Or have it report back to us that it feels like that we have a trending problem in the application, rather than what happens today, I get a call from somebody who's using the application and says, hey, it's not working. That's our alerting system. So now you have AI that can do that. Now these are all things that have to be developed. Okay, these are all things that, and every time we do a new implementation of software, we have to take a look and see what's available within that application. Almost all applications have some form of AI in them already. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's called generative AI, and and use that. Um, but we're got we got to be careful at the same time. Sure. Okay. So, for example, I don't know, has anybody here used ChatGPT? I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, pretty much everybody. I do. Um, ChatGPT Chat is a really cool tool. Mm -hmm. But am I going to allow that tool to run internally and, and be external facing? The answer to that is probably not. All right. And the thing, the thing, at least my view of ChatGPT is this. ChatGPT is gathering data from from everywhere around the world, and then you're asking it for an answer and it's using all that data. Let me ask you a question. If ChatGPT was using all the data that you know about, wherever that might be, here or home or wherever, how good do you think the answer is? Lexi's, I mean, Lexi's not, laughing. I would imagine it's not too reliable <laughs> because it's pulling information from all different types of sources. Right. So at the same time, when you use ChatGPT and say, hey, tell me about this. I mean, you still got to take a look at it and go, okay, does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Does this appear right? You still have to take a look at that. That's the old intelligence analyst. That's me? the QA part. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so at the same time, when ChatGPT... And this is this is my thought. I don't know if it's true or not, but it only makes sense as it gathers data. Well, anybody now has access to that data. Mm. Oh. So if you're using chat GPT internally in your business, OK, mm. and you decide, hey, I'm going to let it access my data here and you open it up to the Internet. Where's your data? Everywhere. It's in Every, the game. It's everywhere. The internet has it. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Neo has it. Matter of fact, there's been cases that I've heard about where businesses have used ChatGPT and their proprietary information has been shared across the internet. It's no longer proprietary. Just keep scaring us and scaring yeah. us. I love well, look, it. I love it. Look, here's the thing. Um, there, there's a lot of. There are going to be a lot of great uses for for AI, and AI is in our strategy. I, I just presented a new strategy to um, Mr. Bryant, 
and AI is a part of that, okay? We've got to find ways to use AI to make our jobs easier. Not take away jobs, but make them easier so that we can concentrate on the important parts of our jobs. Yeah. And, and not that something's not important, but some are not as important as others. Well, and some things take longer, so it would be nice to be able to right. shift. Correct. Well, I know I'm thankful for everyone in your division. Yeah. Well, thanks. One, th one last thing I want to say about AI, okay. and, and it's kind of a funny thing, so, and, and it kind of bothers me a little bit. There's a, um, there's a Japanese company called Cyberdyne, and they're an AI robotics company. Hmm. That's, that's a little bit of a problem for me, if you know what, like the movie. If you know what Cyberdyne is. But the other thing I would say is I don't. That, yeah. So Cyberdyne is Cyberdyne is a fictional company company in the Terminator movies. Okay. Oh great. Yes. Nice. But here's the other thing is that the other thing to know that um, in the in the Terminator series that AI is the problem, right? AI takes over and says that we shouldn't be here. Um, in the Terminator series, um, Skynet became self aware on August 24th, 1997. So we're doing pretty good. Hasn't happened yet. All right? Don't be too scared. There's no, good. I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I'm moving to Alaska. I don't know about you. Let's just go homestead. Let's go. Before we get out of here, uh, and I, you, you may not want to, you may not be able to let too much out of the bag, but if you could talk about some of the things that are on the horizon for uh, our IT department and uh, talk a little bit about the cloud strategy that has been implemented. Yeah, sure. We talked a little bit about that throughout this series here. Um, the cloud strategy is just that. We're going to try to move our applications to software as a service. We're going to be able to, um, we will be able to better support them, provide new features quicker, um, provide faster applications. We, we can't build here on premise a data center like Oracle or Amazon or Google or Microsoft. So we'll gain, we'll gain that performance from them. So those are some of the things that we're looking at. Um, there's a, um, there's a long range strategy that, that we've developed and, um, it incorporates cloud technologies throughout it. Uh, it just makes it easier, easier for us to, to manage those and to provide services to the rest of the business. Sure. Sure. Any upcoming projects? Well, we do. I mean, we're currently in the WAX project. I think everybody's pretty aware of that. Um, and we're hoping to roll that up in, in March. At least that's the plan right now. Um, the next big one is the replacement of EBS. And mm -hmm. that's going to go to a product called Oracle Fusion, which, by the way, we're already using. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? We're already using that with HCM. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be new projects within HCM. So the idea with HCM is to bring of all of our employee interactions, you know, your general interactions into HCM, have a one-stop shop for that. We're Very all excited. We're all excited. I mean, that. look, you can use that. <laughs> I mean, you know what's exciting is you can use that anywhere. Right. You know, I've, I've got the app on my personal personal phone. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Yeah, I submitted my right? timesheet like when I was at the yeah. beach or something. It was That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> it was great. Well, when we move to Oracle Fusion and the new ERP system, there's going to be an iExpense tool. You're going to carry your phone around oh. and you're going to use the app. You're going to take a picture of your of your receipt or whatever it might be, and it's going to start your your 
expense report for you. It's going to do everything. Katie, are you listening? Yeah. She's going to be so excited. So, yeah, we're, we're and by the way, it's a great yes. tool. I've used it before. Sure. You know, so so there's a lot of things, but mobility is key. You know, one of the things we really want to do with HCM and some of the new services is mobility. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Because that's really yeah. where everybody, I mean, we're all over the place. Not all of us are right. in the office all the time. That's so right. you're adapting. That's amazing. We're excited. Absolutely. Mark, uh, you've been a great, insightful, uh, informative guest. You've also scared us a little bit. But hey, <laughs> I guess that's sometimes needed to get people aware and prepare for what may be coming down the pike. I uh, greatly appreciate you making the time to join us. And uh, if I invite you to come back, I hope you accept the invitation. I absolutely will. This was a blast. Oh, great. Love to hear that. Um, thank you all for listening to this episode of PwC Connections. Please continue to listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever. Just type in the search bar, PwC Connections. Uh, also, continue to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're usually by the handle F-A-Y-P-W-C, if not that, Fayetteville PwC. Uh, and if you need more information, please go to our website, FAYPWC.com. You can listen to all our past episodes of this great podcast and get information on the services we provide for the city of Fayetteville. Lexi, thank you for being my co-host. Thank you. I'm about to go do my IT training now because I need it. <laughs> yes, I do not want to be one click away from shutting down PWC. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We're out of here.